for a very long time, I just lived my life as me and I haven't compromised any of that. So it's not like, you know, I've been discovered or someone's outed me or any of those sorts of things. I'm just me and take me as I am or not at all, you know, that sort of deal. So I, I'm really fortunate. I, I know that, uh, you know, we've got really supportive families. So there hasn't been an, a need for us to, for me to hide who I am. My name is Jo and I'm a lesbian woman living on Tararong country, working with Masson Rangers Accessible Arts. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Tararong lands of the Kulon Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with B, a lesbian woman from Dalesford. B discusses her work in the Country LGBTI Plus Inclusion Program, why she moved to the area from the Mornington Peninsula and why she does what she does and thinks it's important. My name's B, short for Belinda, but I got, you know, Belinda doesn't suit me. Never liked it, so go by B. I'm here in Kyneton today because this is where I work. I work for Sunbury Cobalt Community Health in the country LGBTIQA plus inclusion program. So yeah, that's work. And then I live in the Hepburn Choice, so a stone's throw from here about half an hour away. Look, Central Highlands is a great place to live. <laughs> what do you so, like about it? Oh, mate, the environment, the animals trees, you know, open spaces, um, people, the lifestyle, yeah, sense of space. Yeah. And where are you from originally? Uh, down on the Mornington Peninsula, actually, yeah. So I've moved around a little bit since then, but um, been up here uh, probably for about the last 11, 12 years, I think, yeah. Always had an affinity with the region, so travelled up here a lot on weekends away and, and that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, we found ourselves here. Permanently, yeah. Mm, so this is home for you? This is home, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm. What are the challenges that you see regional communities facing uh, in terms of LGBTQIA plus Yeah, well, you, you touched on, you know, it a little bit before and when you said that there's not always a lot of opportunity, you know. Um, look, we're really blessed in this area. This is a really amazing area for... Um, as a hub for LGBTIQA plus people, sort of across the Central Highlands, so anywhere between Ballarat, here and Bendigo, you know, it's an amazing place to live. So we're really lucky in the sense that, you know, we live in pretty inclusive shires area, you know, more broadly. But opportunity isn't always there. It's really busy at the moment because it's kind of, it's summer, it's sort of pride season, you know, in this particular area across March and April. We're really blessed at this time of the year. There's lots of opportunity to meet people, connect with people, engage in different activities. Right now it's great, but it's not like that the whole year. And we are a bit bereft of, from time to time, of opportunity. So, um, you know, it's a big part of my role and, and the work that I do with my colleagues in the Youth Focus Service to kind of create some of those opportunities to raise awareness across this shire about the existence of LGBTIQI plus people, but also the needs and raise awareness and increase visibility. And, and that's a challenge in this shire. We're working hard on that. 
you know, it's something very much in our focus, as is improving health and wellbeing outcomes more broadly. So, yeah, mm. yeah. What do you think has been the major contribution to this area being so inclusive? I think, you know, there's that kind of old joke about everyone knows everyone's business in the country. And it's kind of a little bit like that, but not in the sense that I think you meet a lot of people and you're more likely to see them again. Do you know, like um, we often all turn up at the same spaces or so there's opportunity to connect and deepen those friendships. So for us, for me and my partner, um, we know a gazillion more folks that identify as LGBTQI plus now than we did when we lived down on the Bayside, down in Modioic, which is where we were before we came here. We had a handful of friends that identified and now we've just got a gazillion and it's amazing. And that's come as a consequence of our volunteering through Chill Out and and other things. But there's just a lot of really awesome people. (laughs) And, you know, all kind of recognise that uh, regional dynamic and we stick together and support each other and it's great, really, really great. What would you say to people who are feeling isolated in their experience? Oh, look... Dip your toe in the water, step out, see how it goes. There's lots of vast and varying opportunities, whether it is to, to launch into full-blown meet and greet or whether it is to come along and participate in something through just observing. So having a go, starting where it's most comfortable for you and and seeing how that goes for you. And, and as I said, there's always opportunity to progress that further and further. And there's a lot of really great people you know, really friendly, welcoming, supportive people um, living in the country. And who doesn't want to make a new friend, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you experienced any homophobia yourself in these in regional areas? No, I, I think I'm like maybe one of a blessed few I don't know um oh, look for a very long time I just lived my life as me and I haven't compromised any of that so it's not like you know I've been discovered or someone's out of me or any of those sorts of things I'm just me and take me as I am or not at all you know that sort of deal so I, I'm really fortunate I, I know that uh, you know we've got really supportive families so there hasn't been an, a need for us to for me to hide who I am and the short answer is no, I haven't, and that's really great. Yeah. What would you say has made you? Yeah. What What's made you be able to be just who you are? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I just don't think I ever. Thought, I mean, look, when I first came out, that was a different story, you know, because you spend quite some time sort of coming to terms with your changing circumstances and just reconciling that reconciling that in your own mind you know and then I guess once your confidence grows around your own identity you are less likely to feel the need to to hide that so of course that that happened for me in my early 20s when I came out but I don't know as time's gone on and I guess society's changed and you see progression all around you um all good for the most part because you know there's still terrible stories and circumstances that happen for people all the time so that's not to negate any of those experiences but I don't know I I guess we're blessed with great friends supportive friends um 
supportive family. Uh, there's just need, never been really any need and it's, it's been a really nice experience coming to the country and not feeling like you're the only guy in the village in, in a workplace for instance. So all of those things mm. have just been really um, encouraging I guess. Mm. And you haven't felt any limitations living regionally or? No I think it's a conscious, conscious choice you know. It's always a pleasure to come home. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, no, haven't. I mean, you know, look, sometimes, granted, it can be a pain to have to get the car and drive down to Melbourne or and whatnot. And my family's still down on the morning temperature each last, so for the most part. So, you know, if you want to zip down and zip back, it's a long day. But that's it. Like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we often pop down to Melbourne for a show or this or that or the other. It's, it's no biggie to us, you know, because it's always a pleasure to come home. So, yeah. Mm. Looking over Victoria's history um, in terms of decriminalisation and the marriage equality vote, Mm -hmm. how does it feel to look back on where it was and now where it is now? Look, it's really pleasing. I couldn't say anything else. The day that the um, outcome came back for the plebiscite, it was a great relief. I think most of us cried tears of joy, you know, because... Had it not been that way, I just, just think the alternative was horrific. So so it's really great to see those progressive steps being made, you know, honestly. Um, I was saying this, telling this story to, like, a friend the other day about how, you know, I go down and visit my mum sometimes. And I don't think I look any kind of remarkable, but, like, I don't know, I've got a funny little haircut, and but that doesn't kind of matter to anyone. Like, I can just be me here in the country, but I, what I do notice is when I go down to you know, when my mum's based, you know, people actually look at me like, oh, God, who's that? It's it's really strange. So um, I don't even know how that relates to what you asked me. I can't remember what your question was. But, like, uh, there's just this level of sort of comfortability here. It's it's People kind of think sometimes that regional areas can be kind of a little Hicksville. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely pockets of where things can be really unpleasant for people. But I think for the most part, people just get on. And if you're a good person and you do the right thing by other people, that's first and foremost. Out here, it's really important to look after each other because if you break down in, on the road or there's a fire or something or other, we're all members of the SES or CFA and we all have to help each other out. So there's a level of camaraderie. So, yeah, it's not necessarily kind of Hicksville. I think we do our own version of everything and there's care and compassion. Mm. Yeah. We had a, a visit here. There's a, a LGBTQA luncheon event that um, I do with a colleague uh, once a quarter, and we've called it Birds of a Feather. And we often have a guest speaker, and we had um, the amazing Rodney Croom from Tassie come and, and speak to us um, in December. And Rodney talks a lot about regional pride, and on that particular day, he shared a lot about his own experiences because we know how much work he's done for community the whole of his life and how instrumental he's been in changing laws in Tassie from the laws there being the most revolting to the most progressive in Australia in terms of support for LGBTQI plus people. So he really touched us in terms of how passionate he was about regional folk and regional pride and how important it is to have a go and to be bold and um, to share your story and to make a difference for the broader for broader people. So I, I hope that there's people are emboldened to do more and more of that. And, you know, we don't always have to have these conversations that the world just becomes a more inclusive place for everybody. Yeah. What does regional pride mean to you? Oh, it just it means to be 
proud of who we are, um, proud of how we do life, excited by that and that it has its own flavour. Do you know, it's not necessarily Mardi Gras, it's not necessarily anything else, but what it is, it's infused with our own sense of place and belonging and values. Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anything you would share with your teenage self? Don't worry so much about what other people think. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Yeah, just don't worry so much. You're actually all right, you know, as you are. Yeah. Did you have any role models that helped you to be comfortable with who you are or come to understand? Really? No. no. Um... No, no. And in terms of, you know, LGBTQA plus role models, you know, like I read books like, you know, Greg Lee Gaines's book because I just loved him at, watched him play in the Olympics and I followed Martin and never had a over on the tennis circuit and was just obsessed with Katie Lang and her early work in the 90s and, and whatnot. So not so much role models from here in Australia, but that's completely different now. It's like... It's like the sublime to the ridiculous. Like it's amazing the amount of representation there is in, you know, modern culture and just mainstream culture too. Um, and you're seeing it more and more on TV and, you know, like it's just, it's fantastic. So it's a whole different world now. Do you have a fairy gay god? No, fairy god gay. God gay. <laughs> can't remember what that word is. Fairy god gay. Fairy god gay. What's have you a fairy heard of god? that? No, what is that? Well, I never heard of it either, but... So someone described it to me as having like a your fairy godmother, fairy godfather. Yep. Yeah. So someone who's, I guess, uh, been pivotal in understanding your queerness or. Oh. Fairy, um, fairy god mother, gay. Fairy god gay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh gosh, don't know. I think for me, like. After I came out in my early 20s, I spent a bit of time going to different things and I guess getting a sense of that. And um, I read a lot of books and, like I said, followed people like Katie Lang and because she was kind of extraordinary in the sense of her openness and her visibility for me as a young person in my early 20s, you know. So I think to see someone like her living unashamedly as her true self was just the most extraordinary thing because I'd never met anybody that had come out as gay up until kind of that point. So I don't have any frame of reference. So the short answer to your question is probably not, but people like her that just kind of really paved the way and I think was a bit of a beacon for people like me to look up to and, and just get a sense of what, what this was all about kind of thing, you know. Yeah. How was your family when you came out? Um, my family have always have all been really supportive, like um, had any issue there whatsoever which is great very fortunate for me my partner's the same actually so we're really blessed in that regard yeah mm. yeah so you moved to, to here with your partner yeah and where did you meet where did we meet yeah <laughs> we met at um oh, down in um Marabin. there was an organization called links many years ago doing dinner dances and stuff so we've been together, this is our 22nd year together, so we've been together a long time. So I don't even know if Link still exists anymore or still does those kind of dinner dances, but we met through a mutual friend at the, at, um, at a dinner dance and yeah, that was it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 22 years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, both really lucky that um, we had a similar interest in moving up this mm. way and, you know, sort of really shared kind of goals and vision around some of that stuff being in the country. Jodie grew up in Castlemaine, so it was kind of like coming home for her a little as well. Mm. So, yeah. What do you hope in your work to achieve? And, yeah, what contribution do you hope to make? A big focus of my work is engaging with older folk who potentially have been living regionally their whole lives and so have probably been quite closeted in their life space. So really supporting them and encouraging them to find and live as their authentic selves as they age too is really important to me. And, you know, I do a bit of work with my great mates at Val's LGBTQ Ageing and Aged Care, who are based at La Trobe and with Rainbow Health Australia, and really encouraging people to to step into their own power in that sense um, as they age. Yeah, is really kind of a pet, um, well, a really important focus for me, yeah, as well. You know, I turned 50 last, last year, so I'm kind of, no, you know, I wouldn't consider myself, well, I, we're all ageing, but yeah. as we get older, you know, the places we go and the people we meet, we need to feel safe and still remaining, living as our authentic selves and... Um, that's really important, mm. yeah. Yeah, because I spoke to um, a person yesterday, 60-ish, early 60, only came out four years ago. Yeah, right. And, yeah, just saying that, yeah, there's a lot of support for younger people, but for older people yeah, it's actually yeah. quite limiting. Yeah, and that's, you know, what's so privileged about my role is that I support community over the age of 25. Um, and as I said, you know... Predominantly, I reckon I work with people, for the most part, over 40. We take a lot of pride in the fact that we can support community across the age spectrum. And there's no wrong door for us if people come to us and we can't necessarily help them. We'll find someone that can. So that's really important for us to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's also really important for us to be able to collaborate on joint projects across the year because it gives us the opportunity to work an intergenerational project where we're working with both young folk and older folk and supporting them to build relationships with each other as well because that's super important yeah beautiful well i think we'll finish there yeah yeah cool. thank you so much that's right yeah no worries This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 